This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have returned from vacation. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 29th of March, 2015, this is Casually Hardcore, and I'm Gnomewise. And I'm Grail. It's the men folk. We done scared the women folk off. Actually, I, I am coming to you from the secret mountain lair uh, with the chillins, so it's entirely possible the door will be knocked down at any given moment, and I will be greeted with the loving screams of my offspring. Uh, given All right. The, yeah, it's always a challenge and a, and a joy. Uh, it's, it's the joy of, of, of child rearing. Yes, it's, I, I, I embrace it completely. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I gave uh, Io a break barred weekend. Barred the door. Yeah, I barred <laughs> the door. <sighs> and uh, gave I let a break and took the kids up to the secret mountain lair. We've been enjoying the cool, cool air and the mountain breezes and the DSL, which may or may not cut off at any given moment. So, oops, if that happens. Um, so there's danger with this episode. Yes. <laughs> Austin Danger Powers. That's right. Danger is my middle name. A Swedish penis enlarging pump. They're really my bag by Austin Danger right. Powers. Ah, so, uh, charging right into the fray of television, because while I was off doing the uh, TED conference thing, which ate up the last two weeks, sorry for the downtime and happy to be back, uh, there's plenty of time for the various networks, CW in particular, to get some episodes out and happily into, yeah. into the Gilligan period, or out of the Gilligan period, so that we may speak of them. Uh, so let's get to... The Flash, and where we begin exploring the time travel aspect of the show in greater detail with this episode, Out of Time, um, also known as the very, very bad, terrible, awful day that Barry had. Uh, right. So, hints in this episode that time travel is going to be involved uh, happened pretty early. They have yeah. Barry speeding to the rescue, and seeing another version of himself alongside. And he freaks out and comes to a stop at an intersection where they just do a tropetastic medley of planting things firmly in our memories so that when the other Barry comes back here in another timeline, we will all remember it. So they have a lady missing a cab or being angry about a cab. They have dogs barking. They have a guy twirling one of those, you know, close-out furniture, close-out signs on the side of the road. And she just, Barry just goes from little vignette to vignette to music. Oh, God, could you telegraph any more clearly that at some future point he's going to come back to this place and recognize these things that you have just spoon-fed us? Yeah, a little bit Subtlety obvious. is not a big 
big part of the flash. <laughs> Certainly not at this stage of its development because, damn, guys, you kind of telegraphed that one. So I'm just waiting for the point in the future when we come back to this place and we see the barking dog, the lady angry at the cab for driving past her, and the guy twirling the sign because... Duh. That's, of yes. course, why they showed us these things. And we had just seen other Barry riding a, running in parallel to current time Barry. Right. So also premiering in this episode, Weather Wizard 2.0. Right. <laughs> so earlier we had offed um, Weather Wizard 1.0. And we now learn, surprise, surprise, the other occupant of the plane... Uh, that was destroyed when Weather Wizard 1.0 got his powers, got the exact same powers because they were physically close to each other because that makes complete sense, right? Right. Well, and also he's older, so he got better powers, the, a better version of it, basically. Interesting theory that they've put forth there, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, well, I mean, that's the only thing you can assume because basically they're like, wow, he seems to have like pinpoint control of, the, of his weather powers. He does a lot. Like the other guy was really all about the fog and a lot of wind. Right. Whereas this guy is calling down lightning bolts. He's doing isolated rainstorms on a single vehicle. I mean, it's, it's a tour de force of let me show you all the cool things I can do with weather, especially when you get to the end of the episode. Yeah, well, it's also you can just think he waited longer before he engaged, too. So he may right. have been off in the intervening months learning about his powers instead yeah. of hot-headedly charging into battle like his uh, dead little brother did. Right. So, right. of course, he's on his Inigo Montoya, you keep my brother, prepare to die yeah. um, mission to figure out who done killed his brother. And, of course, he figures out that the uh, perp uh, was Detective Joe and yep. comes to get him. And yeah. thus begins the terrible, 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 very bad, awful day. Um, so, ends... Cliffhangery. Um, well, I mean, you had some other other storylines. So you had him and the friend, sister, wannabe uh, girlfriend, Iris. yeah, Iris, doing uh, uh, you know a double date where she basically C blocks him most of the night. Yeah, and, and uh, then ends up rooster block, rooster block. Right, right, and then. Uh, so you have that happen and eventually them kind of hashing out some of their feelings. Uh, but you have Weather Wizard basically decides, tries to kill Joe a couple times, gets stopped each time. They come up with this, of course, techno babble stick that deionizes the atmosphere so he can't use any of his powers. Right. But they only use it once. Yeah. <laughs> Which also didn't make any sense for me, especially when Joe decided he was going to go after the guy. Yeah. Like, Take the stick with you, man. Take the wand. Just go after him. So didn't get that at all. Yeah, that was silly. Uh, And then you have the suddenly Cisco going. Oh, you know, I think there's something really strange about the way uh, the Reverse Flash got out of my containment field a few episodes back. Mm -hmm. Now suddenly I'm really uh, disturbed by it and need to check it out. From out of nowhere. From out of freaking nowhere. Yeah. Like, I have no idea how he went from Dr. Guy is, you know, Dr. Evil Pants is the best guy ever. Mm-hmm. And hell, we even found the blood in the house didn't match his DNA. So, or, and it just had some of berries. So he is still the best guy ever to, I think Dr. Evil Pants is, is evil. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'm, I'm so think he's evil that I'm going to 
almost instantaneously peg him as the reverse Flash. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a leap. But, of course, he does some techno wizardry and figures out that what was actually in the containment field was just a hologram. Right. And it was on a pre-recorded loop. And, obviously, Dr. Evil Pants had done it because he was able to interact with the hologram mm-hmm. properly so it didn't sound out of place. Yep. Uh, and then Dr. Evil Pants realizing what was up because Caitlin is a terrible liar. Yeah. Uh, decides, like, well, the gig's up. I'm I'm out of the chair. I'm going to yep. go back to the facility. <laughs> and yeah, and 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 just tips his hand because like w- she turns around and the chair is empty. Right. Like so. That's, in, in within seconds, yeah. it's it's like I think you may have given it away, Doc. <laughs> um, right. Right. And the the thing is, he's rushing off to intercept Cisco to protect his secret. Right. And by doing so, is revealing his secret. Yeah. I can, it, only, I can it, only assume he's going to circle back to Caitlin and off her or something. Right, right. It's so you have him get back there. Cisco, and he basically then, you know, is like, well, I'm going to definitely be killing Cisco, so I might as well tell him what's up. He and starts find, monologuing. Uh, yeah, he does the evil, evil monologue, and basically you find out he is from the future, from what, four or five hundred years? Yeah, hundreds of years in the future we've now in, it's been real, revealed. Right. So he and basically he's trapped here and is trying his whole purpose is basically or at least the stated purpose he gives to Cisco is he's trying to get back home. And the only one that can help him with that is the Flash. Now, whether or not it's help him by like carrying him or by him stealing the Flash's powers, it's not really made clear. Probably the more evil, whatever the evilest option would be, would most likely be what he needs to do. Uh, Tell Cisco he's kind of like a son to him and then proceeds to vibrate his heart. <laughs> or yep. whatever he did to him. I don't know. He basically you know, went, <laughs> did, did the whole, I'm, I'm fusing with your molecules and interfering with the electrical signals to your heart, whatever. Yeah. Killed, killed him got. with a cool special effect. And so I'm like, hey, okay, well, Cisco has kind of annoyed me, so I'm not too broken up about this. <laughs> but we're moving the story forward. This is great. Weather Wizard then at this point is like, I'm going to call in a tsunami on all of, uh, what is it, Starling City? Yep. And, no, uh, this is Central City. Central City, sorry. And he brings, uh, creates a gigantic uh, tsunami out in the water, yep. tidal waves coming in. Flash decides that if he runs back and forth along the beach really fast, it's going to counteract. He doesn't decide that. He's told that by by Caitlin, saying, you need to create a a techno babble by running back and forth really fast. Yeah. So, of course, speed solves everything. Uh And then before that, though, Iris, he's with Iris. He basically, Iris tells him that she's, you know, really into him now and screw a blonde cop. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, this is great. I love you, too. But, oh, by the way, I'm the Flash. Yeah, he basically (laughs) does the costume change in front of her and says, this is not how I wanted you to find out about this. Now i got to go save the world or save the city. And so, yeah, huge amount of mental things happen. And then he goes back in time, yeah. and he ends up back the three days in the past where he was running alongside himself, yep. and you instantly know all of this is going to get rewritten. In of course you do. If you didn't know the minute someone actually died, that, no, excuse me, yeah. the minute they did the the tableau of the him standing and seeing the three obvious temporal markers... I'm like, this is going to be a do-over episode. And they immediately started doing stuff that they would never in a million years do as part of canon. 
And so, yeah, so Dr. Evil Pants is out of the chair, left, right, and center. People are dying. Yeah. I, uh, Iris is professing her love to him. Um, so, yeah, that's the, 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 you know, this ends on the, wow, I'm in the past. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And I'm assuming next week it's going to be all about rewriting it so we can continue, hit the big reset button and continue the story with the audience knowing all kinds of information that we couldn't possibly have known any other way. But also, if they, they stick to the trope, Barry will also come out of this knowing things that he should not know because he will be the only one that remembers the original unaltered timeline because he's going to be the agent that alters it is usually how right. this works. So that, I mean, what does he really know? Only thing Barry came out of this with is the fact that Iris, if he plays his cards right, Iris will come, you know, come for him. Right. And but uh, that's that's also so, and he can stop Weather Wizard. He knows nothing about Doctor's evil pants. Right. Um, now we'll see what we come out of the next episode, you know, because this is their their chance to advance all those storylines. But the. I'm assuming this is going to be important for Dr. Evil Pants because he has to have been waiting for Barry to develop his powers to the point where he can start messing with time. Right. If, if his stated goal is to get back hundreds of years into the future and Barry is the agent to that, to that mean, to that end, then this is going to be an important milestone in there. Excellent. Good. Good. Your hate has made you yeah. powerful. Moment. Um, well, I mean, he did get when Barry told him about the other version of himself running by. Right. He gave him the well. It could be a lot of things, but you look very sexy to me. Right yes, now. I could. I could, just, I could just eat you up, didn't <laughs> uh, Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So. Right. Yeah. It's uh. Overall, I was one of those episodes where I'm just like, oh, don't toy with me like this, stupid Flash. <laughs> like, come on. Can we leave Cisco dead? Just you know, please. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what you're. Okay. Yeah, I know what you were thinking. Because then we can Pretty get rid much. of things like the Weather Wizard. Yeah, tell us how you really feel, oh, man. Nice. All right, so over in uh, Arrowtown, uh, over in Starling City, as you uh, mentioned earlier, we have the follow-up to the dun 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 of the last episode of "I Want You to Be the ne the Next Rachel Ghoul." Um, so this is the offer. And Oliver thinks he can just say no and walk away. Right. <laughs> this is comic books, kid. This is not how it works. Um, yeah. So back in Starling City and uh, sister, annoying sister, uh, half sister, actually, um, getting struggling for her name. One who offered oh. herself up to um, Nissa. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, I hate her so much, no. I can't remember her name. Um, for, uh, Speedy. For, I know that's Speedy, there you go. But, yeah. So Speedy, yeah. um, they pick up on her you know, giving the blade to Nyssa and saying, I was the, the one who pulled the bow that killed your lover. And Nyssa sees right through to the heart of it of, yeah, but you were just the weapon. And the one who wielded the weapon is already a captive of my father. So, right. no, I'm not going to give you the release you're looking for and, and kill you because that would not be just, which is kind of reverse tropey. Um, normally, it's the I'm going to kill you. And then there's a, a new a new layer of vengeance between what she was not responsible for her actions. Now I have a blood 
blood debt against you, and you know, we circle the drain for eternity on that. So it was a remarkably uh, quick cut to the chase of, no, I understand fully the, the way that Malcolm Merlin moves and how he uses people. I don't blame you, um, and I'm going to make sure my revenge is exacted upon the correct person. It's like, yeah, and well, and basically the entire couple episodes where she, uh, after she found out and has been going through this, has been her looking for one thing after another to basically ease her own pain and right. getting shot down at every junction. Well, basically, people <laughs> trying to convince her, you were used, you right. are not responsible, you should not feel guilty, you should feel right. angry, and she obviously does feel angry at Daddy because she has laid it out to him of. Yeah, you've burned this bridge permanently, and I will immediately sell you out to the League of Assassins because right. that's what you deserve, you unspeakable pile of crap. So, but she still, this just makes her an even more annoying character because it's the racked by guilt, can't move herself forward, wah, wah, wah character, which is one of the, 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 the character types I just despise. That's why the whole basic late 90s anime was lost to me um, because <laughs> they, just, they got their hooks into Evangelion and the, the self-loathing uh, emo character being the center of the story went on for years and I just walked away from the whole scene. And she is, right. she is reminding me of that so strongly of the, oh, my internal raging and all oh, the pain and oh, it's like, get over yourself. It's like... And I understand that it is a valid psychological response. Uh, people who are victims of terrible crimes or people who are drugged and assaulted and, or who are drugged and, and do things that, you know, they would not normally do. And they didn't, you know, they were recreationally using drugs. Someone slipped them a drug. It's like, you aren't responsible for that. Someone else did that to you. But people still feel racking guilt, no matter how much your, the front of your brain says wasn't your fault. The back of your brain, the brainstem is saying, yeah, but it was you that did it. So I understand where they're going with it, and it's a very believable storyline for the character. It's just not entertaining to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, th I agree, but I think also with her getting basically turned down on a... Please kill me! You know, yeah, basically a suicide attempt. I mean, I think that's kind of hitting bottom, and by the end of the episode, she's hooking back up with Roy, and I would think that maybe now she's going to be at the point of moving forward after this. And I was so kind of, I, was, I reacted surprisingly positively, hey, that they might get back together, because she arguably may come out of this a more whole and interesting person. Yeah. And, and be a less, less of a... Uh, um, codependent member of that relationship and Roy has certainly seen some shit and right. has, has been forcibly matured and is less uh, definitely less of a punk than we when we first met him. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, is in the RC, the word I was looking for was angst. Thank you. Yes. Because that's all that late 90s anime and early aughts anime was which is angst, 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 angst and she is an angsty character right now and that's why she is pushing my bad buttons. So thank you for that. Right. Um, so there's that whole bit of the episode. And then the flash over to the Atom with uh, Felicity. We get a little bit of, of development going forward on that side. And we get to see uh, the Atom suit kind of in action. Uh, still, I still can't not, I can't 
not see Kal-El when I see <laughs> that, that <laughs> actor. It's just he looks too much like Christopher Reeve to <laughs> have me not think of that every time and his mannerisms and his voice like haven't tried time divorcing you from that other character. Um, that and he's pretty, he's fairly one dimensional at, at this point. And they did, they did kind of a rush job with him. Cause I know, I know what they're going for is he's a, he's another Oliver. He has the chip on his shoulder. He, he's Oliver without the good motivation though. I mean, Oliver had you know, years of suffering and a whole family life debt thing to deal with. He's got a dead wife or it's, or is it fiance, 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 I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, from, so he's, he's, you know, basing his turn to vigilantism on, you know, I've had this, this death of someone close to me and I'm going to do exactly what Oliver is doing. I'm going to protect the city. Um, yeah, it just, it doesn't, I mean, it I doesn't think, feel as genuine coming to him, coming from him. Right. I mean, I, I, but he's, he's basically, like you said, he's like Oliver. If Oliver had something traumatic happen to him, but didn't get stuck on an island of death for five years. Maybe or, you're right. You know. I think that may, it may be that, that Oliver is just better acted or the, the, the actors had more time to get into the role. Well, I mean, also you got to realize his character has really limited, like they've, they've only had mi- minutes of an episode to basically keep this guy developing. Right. And so he has, I mean, he basically comes across as manic, brilliant. Uh, and one of the things I wish they'd get back to with him is a little bit like when he's first introduced, he's basically like, hi, you know, I'm really nice and popular, but you know, Oliver Queen, I'm going to just basically take your company from you. Yeah. I'm, I'm I know this is the best move for the city. And I think they need to get him back to making decisions more based on what he thinks is best. Damn the consequences to everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes him a more interesting character then. And that's where he has room to grow. Uh, and I think you really aren't going to have that opportunity until he's on his own team up show with, uh, everyone Canary else and firestorm. Yeah. I just, I just, I just keep coming away with them with a feeling of low rent, Tony Stark. And exactly. And you have that. I mean, it's, it's hard not to keep comparing him to all these other, cause I mean, he played Superman. He's, he's right now in a, uh, you know, with another billionaire or ex billionaire and Oliver Queen, he's all up alongside of him and he's a, you know, building himself basically an Iron Man suit. <laughs> so. Which, and if he really is going to be the atom at some point, we're going to, have to get to some kind of technology that lets him change size. Right. But, there's no signs of that. Right now, it just appears to be a fly-around-the-city enhanceability suit. Yeah. And you know, yeah. The, the ATOM acronym doesn't have anything to do with shrinking down. So I don't know if this is going to be an accidental discovery or a feature he puts into it later, or if they're just going to use the name and, and, and redefine what ATOM means in, in the DC TV universe. We'll see. Right. Um, so on the Oliver side of things... Um, basically they get to the point where they realize, yeah, you can't just say no to Ra's al Ghul, um, cause he will come tear your world down until you agree until things are so bad where you are that his offer starts looking pretty, pretty choice. Um, right. So we end on the Ra's al Ghul bebopping around the city dressed as the arrow killing people left, right and center, but of course leaving one witness alive. Yeah. to go and tell well, others I mean, what you have seen here. 
Roche, when he's basically uh, trying to convince Oliver to take the position, tells him, here's all the things that are going to happen. You're, the police are going to turn against you. Yep. Your friends will turn against you. The city will turn against you. And But he left out was the fact that he's going to be sure to help that along. Right. No, he's, he's <laughs> stacking the deck. He's making these things happen. It's not that he knows so much about human nature. He's like, no, I'm going to ruin your world. I'm, and I'm, I can tell you exactly how your world is going to fall apart because I will be the one that pulls it down. Um, yeah. Now, of course, the other thing you have is him basically telling Nisa that he's chosen Oliver over and her. Nisa flipping out about it, yeah. and him saying, "Well, if you, you know, if you don't think that's the right choice, do something about it." Yeah, here I am. And so you now have her back in town, hooking up with Laurel and offering to, of course, take her under her wing and get her some much-needed training. Yeah. Though, did you hear the name drop of who she had been training with? Who? Um, it was the civilian name of Hellcat. Oh, right on. Um, cool. Yeah, I can't remember his his civilian name off the top of my head right now, but yeah, it's like, oh, the, an oldie but goldie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, this in the IRC about the atom getting his shape changing powers. He gets bitten by a radioactive atom. It's like, <laughs> and Missing says, he's an Oliver Twist to Rachel Ghoul. Yes, what a twist. Yes. IRC, a you're twist. on fire today. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it, overall, it wasn't a super heavy episode. I no. mean, we did have Oliver also doing the whole, oh, maybe I should do this, and everybody around him going, are you nuts? That's uh, that's not a good idea to take over a league of assassins. <laughs> yep. so, and him coming to the realization within the episode of, no, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I guess not. Yeah. Call me crazy. It was, I mean, again, I, I will always applaud, for the most part, Arrow does a good job. Whenever they get a storyline going where I'm like, oh, God, they're going to drag this out, they usually wrap it up a lot faster than I would think they would. Yeah, to their uh, credit, they, they haven't gone down any annoying rabbit holes for a, a long period of time. Yeah. So, uh, so also, a footnote on uh, the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, I know you and uh, Dax are not caught up on that, but the I can say they they have returned uh, relatively strong. Uh, we're actually seeing some super super powered people in our in our story about the agency that, that tracks and controls super powered people. Right. Um, so I think they're finally getting their feet under them uh, as far as that part of the story is concerned. Good character stories about. Um, how different people on the team are reacting to one of their own getting all powered up and not necessarily being able to uh, control what's happening to her. Um, yeah. Fitzsimmons in particular, the reactions of Fitz and Simmons are diametrically opposed and really believable um, considering the experiences they've each had, but it's a very interesting uh, choices that they make in reaction to Sky slash Daisy getting her... Uh, getting her seismic on, um, so I'd say if you if you had walked away from Agents of Shield, uh, now might be a decent time to poke your head back in the door and say, "Have you got your act together, guys? Are these actually interesting stories? And are we are we truly in the Marvel universe?" And I can say, "Yeah, they they got definite uh, recognizable Marvel universe crap happening, and also Edward James freaking almost is in future episodes, so definitely a good time to tune in." Oh, there you go. Yes. Admiral Adama himself showing up. Nice. 
All right. So in the intervening time while we were off air, while I was off in the Great White North, yes, I was north of the wall with Boba Fetish's people. I, I was saying <clears throat> Boba Fetish's people um, who, made, who made me welcome and uh, did not try to uh, turn me into an undead ghoul at all. Uh, it became official. HBO Now is going to be a thing. Um, over the top... You just pay HBO for HBO, get it over the internet on all your devices, about damn time. And yep. just in time, but, day, just days before the release of the next epi- the next series of uh, Game of Thrones. Go figure. Yeah. Um, the one little caveat, though, is <laughs> it's a deal with Apple. Yes, it is. So, uh, it's that- a limited scope. It's an initial exclusive. It is not a permanent exclusive. Right. It's not permanent, but it's still, it's basically where they've gone first, which is definitely, I mean, limited in scope. It's limited in devices then that you can actually consume. Yeah, limited to uh, the millions and millions of Apple iOS devices that are out there in the world. Oh, sure. But I mean, if I'm watching HBO, I'm not planning on watching it on my phone. And honestly, unless I'm in like, uh, I don't even know where I would be that I'd watch it on a tablet. Mm-hmm. Well, coincidentally, um, the Apple TV brick is now sixty nine ninety nine down from ninety nine right. ninety nine. Yeah. So for somebody who does not have an Apple IT, Apple TV device hooked up to any of their televisions, uh, it kind of made me go, "Well, this does me no good." Yeah. <laughs> because they're such, they can't dare put an Apple TV app on anything non Apple. So not yet. No, they want you on, they want you in their ecosystem. I but know. it was it was very clear that this was a limited exclusive and we can look forward to this breaking out onto other platforms once Apple has uh, reaped the gains. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be so. it's very much it's rebranded HBO Go basically. Right. Um without right. the only thing it doesn't have is the live stream. It's all the on-demand content from HBO Go rebranded as HBO Now for 15 bucks a month. So Go, re- so, yeah. go get it. As soon as it's available on a device I can use it on, I yep. will uh, gladly pay them the 15 bucks. As an owner so. of an Apple TV and many iOS devices, uh, I'm already signed up. And, right. a, and a wife who <laughs> ravenously uh, consumes Game of Thrones. That was, it was, it wasn't even a, a, a conversation. Sure. Sure. So we've been asking for it long enough. Time to go vote with your wallets, people. Make or yeah. break, because yeah. if, if this does not do well, you think anyone else is going to go down charging, they're going to let HBO fall on their face and say, well, that was a bad idea. Let's get back to the cable box. Right. And right. we don't want that. Are all my cord killers in the audience listening in? <laughs> so while we were out, we you also got invited to Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, yeah I am a beta. I actually just... Uh, was it yesterday morning I got up and checked my email and it was a beta closed beta invite along with uh, some extra keys so I was able to get Aridin in there and a couple other people uh, and was able to log in and get a I guess so you level heroes up mm-hmm. separately from your account right in terms of basically unlocking for the heroes the first couple few levels basically unlock more choices when you're in the game in terms of the talents you can spec into 
And then eventually from there, it just it gives you gold, which is their in-game currency. And then as a account levels up, it's basically the same thing. It gives you money as you level your account up. Uh, so and eventually, and when you hit level six, you uh, much like Hearthstone, they've added daily quests, and so you'll get like yesterday, I got to the point where it said, you know, play three games as a warrior class. So I was like, okay, and get three hundred gold for doing that. So, yeah, it's very much if it's very similar in flavor to the intro uh, to Hearthstone. They yeah. they handhold you through a couple heroes, um, and. So, but you have actually played other MOBAs. So, unlike yes. me, you can speak with some authority. So, it'll be very interesting to hear when you get into the greater game uh, how you think it stacks up. And oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm there. I mean, I'm into the the game. And I mean, it's it is League of Legends light, uh, or and most likely Dota two light. Uh, basically, like Blizzard's mantra for their company lately, it's take a concept that people find fun and strip it down to the bare fun is essentials is kind of what they go for. Um, you've seen that design in WoW uh, with Diablo 3. They, they took out a lot of the mechanics and tried to get to the essence. Hearthstone is perf a perfect example of this for the collectible or CCG uh, arena, and this is the same thing. So you have no complexity in terms of items. You don't, I mean, there are no items. You have no complexity in terms of leveling your powers up. You basically have all your powers to get at the get go, except for your ultimate. And the entire choice comes from picking a talent every, I think it's every two to four levels. You get a talent and you get a few choices that of how to basically spec out your character. And once it's picked, it's picked and that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you think, uh, you think back to World of Warcraft early edition, the talent trees there are very similar, very simplified, very straightforward. And, yeah. and trying to foster a variety of play styles so you can play your character the way you want, which is what they're always right. shooting for. Someone's always going to do the math and we'll publish here is the mathematically perfect one to choose for Arthas. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I was playing, funny enough, Arthas as the champion I was messing around with. Surprise. And, yeah, and, I mean, it was fun. He was one of the free-to-plays, I guess, this week. Uh, but, you, and like I said, as you go, you can definitely see, okay, I could probably pick talents in such a way that this guy would be more tanky, or I'll pick my talents in such a way that he gets a lot of lifesteal, or this way to be more offensive. Um, so you can see what they were going for with the talents. But there's also, there's, since there's no concept of in-game money, like gold, like League of, League of Legends has, there's no concept of last-hitting minions, basically just kill what whatever's in front of you whenever you want to kill it. Uh, there's not even con concepts of individual levels. It's all team levels. So it's just really up to how the entire team is doing as a whole. You level up as a team. So it, it removes a ton of the complexity uh, from League of Legends. So if I was to say, if somebody came to me and said, Grail, I want to start playing MOBA, this would be the one I would say this is your best introduction to it because you, you won't, don't have to deal with a lot of the more complex systems in League or Dota, and this will get you your fundamentals. Now, what I'm curious to see is can they make this compelling for a longer term? Um, because it doesn't have that complexity. Will people get bored of it quickly, or does it, because it kind of goes straight to the fun factor, is that enough to carry it through? Mm, to be determined. 
We'll see. And so, and the other big thing, and this is something you see, especially Riot talk about a lot in their patches, is because they've narrowed their systems down so much to basically being you have a champion that has talents and abilities. And they have four abilities, and then they have talents that they get. That's their, really their only levers that they can press to either buff a champion or tone down a champion. Whereas in League and Dota, they have a lot of other things they can mess with. They can mess with a lot of your item builds. Um, there's a whole talent tree specking thing in there. Uh, there's even passive abilities. There's a lot more that they can play around with, and it makes it more complex, so you can get champions that are overpowered, but they can kind of tone them down in subtle, more subtle ways, whereas it seems like in this game, if Arthas was determined, oh my god, this guy's just full-out beast mode, we need to do something about him, it's, it's going to be a much harder, I think, for them to just to do anything that's easy. It's going to be a much more like, we're dropping the nerf bat on this guy, or... Whoa. The We're going to have to buff a lot of things around them. The complexity of League seems to bite them in the ass, it seems, just from, from not being a player but, but being an observer and reading. There's constant discussion threads about players finding very specific bugs that happen because of the complexity of the game. So this particular champion's ultimate is not effective of this particular build of this other champion since the last patch. And it's because it's only the... the the convergence of these two specific skill trees that make the ultimate not work. And we discovered this through extensive testing. And it's because they have the, all those different levers and buttons to press. They have a hard time play testing changes against every other champion and finding all these bugs of, Oh yeah, I guess that character in that mode when they've used that ability does completely ignore all the damage from this person. Hmm. We probably should fix that. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it definitely is a piece of it. So it's, you know, either way you go, you're going to run into issues. I think, yeah, League brings a lot of their bugs and problems on themselves because they have such a massive uh, game systems that are all intertwined and they can't possibly test everything so that somebody does find these combinations. I mean, not even just a bug, but they just, somebody finds a combination and goes, wow, this is becomes super effective. And But they've even publicly stated Riot's whole goal is every champion should be on a wave. So they should have points where they're very favored, and then they should have points where they're not so much. And they intend that there's always a shifting, you know, meta, mm -hmm. quote unquote, for them that it's always should be shipped. Champions should rise and fall. I don't, Blizzard hasn't come out and said what their goal is yet. So I don't know if they're more thinking it should just be a, a steady slope and that all the champions should come along for the ride and they want to try to keep as many people viable as possible. And uh, maybe that's why they simplified their systems enough because they think they can do that, do an easier job of that. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, they, or they could just be retro explaining the, we're having a really hard time uh, stopping certain heroes from being, or certain uh, champions being OP at particular times. So we'll say we totally meant to do that. And it's, it's just their time at the top of the wave. Well, I mean, I, I would say that if I was in the business of, of Riot and I wanted to make sure people were always interested in buying new champions and therefore new skins for champions, I'd be really interested in making sure all the champions have that kind of curve to them because suddenly, you, you know, after a patch, 
everybody goes out and goes, oh, Syndra's now the new champion that I need to get. And, oh, well, I, I can't have base skin skin, Syndra. I need to <laughs> get some riot points and get some uh, cool skins on her. And, you know, yep. I think I think it behooves them. And, it, I mean, since they're so ingrained in a competitive scene, they don't want to make it so that it's always the same champs every season, every match that are played. They want to keep that shifting. Um and you know, we'll see what, what Blizzard decides. They may come back and say, we want that type of thing because we want to set up a, a, as much of a competitive scene. Or they may say, no, we, this whole game is really about fun. And we want people interested in playing all our champs and nobody being high on the power curve nor too low on the power curve. We want to keep everybody in the middle. Yep. All right. So we'll see. It's, it's an interesting concept. I think, if anything, it does... I wish Riot and Dota would look at this and go, we should make our tutorial like this entire game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I found I found one of the reasons I'm not a LoL player is I found it very impenetrable. Um, oh, yeah. Because it is so advanced, and, and the minute you went from you know, the playing the, the computer to real games, you were just, the, the community was completely toxic and intolerant yeah. of, in, of inexperienced players. Yeah. Um, I, we'll see. I mean, the, the, the Blizzard is, has, is establishing this pattern of blizzardizing categories of games. So they've done it with the TCG, they're attempting right. it with the MOBA, and they're attempting it with the, the squad-based shooter, uh, a la um, Team Fortress, Overwatch. with Overwatch. Yeah. So let's see if that has legs. So far, so good. Um, I mean, they, they did it with uh, MMORPGs. And they triumphantly did it with, with CCGs or electronic CCGs, and we'll see oh, yeah. if it holds true. They can find their audience. Sticking with Blizzard for one more before we head for the break. Um, long time coming. Blizzard is finally getting into the land of real-world money for in-game gold and also using in-game gold to purchase game time. So taking a page out of rec more recently Wildstar Online's book, but as you pointed out in the pre-show, EVE Online's been doing it for eternity. Um, a Blizzard-controlled flow of real-world mo world money into in-game gold, and then also uh, buying the WoW token, they call it, um, in-game. You can use the WoW token to purchase your monthly game time right in the game, uh, in the Blizzard store. And you can also go to the Blizzard store and buy WoW tokens that you can then take to a special part of the auction house and turn into in-game gold at a fixed rate. So there's not going to be a market for this. This isn't like you put your token up on the regular auction house and people bid on it and it goes for a variable and it goes to a special part of the auction house where it can become in-game gold at Blizzard's dictated rate, exchange rate. It's basically yeah, buy, buying gold. They do say that... It is going to have some variability to that exchange rate, but yeah, it's it's separate from the auction house, and I'm sure Blizzard has a lot more control over this one than they do on the auction house pricing. Yeah, so this is in the coming soon uh, column, and they have not they have not announced the final number. Uh, what the how much will a WoW token cost on the shop? Uh, pricing details will be announced at a later date. Um, <laughs> but it's it's Blizzard doing what Blizzard does, looking around at at popular features that that players like that they've seen in other games and saying, okay, we'll take some of that, a little of that, salt some of this on there, and hey, look at that. We've got in-game, uh, you can buy your game time with in-game resources, and you can buy gold from Blizzard if you don't want to go out and farm it. Yeah. And this, this goes I mean, they... They have a lot of... They, they always are looking for revenue streams. <laughs> 
Yeah, so. but, but they do. They do seem to want to um, have it not become an economy. So the, one of the sections of the Q and A is why can't players set their own prices for the WoW token? The WoW token feature is designed to facilitate the exchange of gold and game time between players in a secure, convenient, and as fair a way as possible, and without making players feel like they're playing a game with their hard-earned money. Having a set current market price and a straightforward exchange system is the best way to achieve that. You don't need to worry about whether your token will sell or not due to being undercut or the market shifting and everyone receives exactly the amount of gold they were quoted. Basically saying, we are going to control this and we will turn your money into gold and your gold into game time and, and no player controlled economies will be involved. Do not panic. Go about your business. Yeah. But, I mean, if you are a, uh, still a steady WoW player and you uh, have ample supplies of gold, you now have an option to no longer have to pay, you know, 15 bucks a month. Though, this had so. to be music to the ears of the people who love playing the auction house. And there's a significant percentage of people oh, yeah. who love playing the in-game economy and have hit the gold limit on multiple character accounts where they, the, the system right. you know, can't count any higher because they have that much gold. They're like, I am never paying a subscription fee for this game ever until the heat death of the WoW universe. Um, yeah. So they must be loving that. But the average player, I mean, it's, it's going to be a substantial amount of in-game gold, in gold. It is predicted like 100,000 is, is the number I've seen bandied about. Sure. So you won't make that kind of money merely by questing. Um, no. or, or, or running LFR. Um, so if you want to pay for your game time within game resources, you're going to have to dedicate some time and resources to it. Um, yeah. or if you've been saving gold for years and years, you can maybe skate for a year or so on money you've already earned and just never knew what to do with. So yeah. we'll see. I, I like that they're experimenting with new things, um, and are willing to, you know, they, they had, you know, been fairly militant in previous times about no selling in-game gold for real money and you know, going after people who are doing it illegitimately and being willing to say, well, the customer and the marketplace have evolved to the point where this is actually kind of expected of us and we're going to put it into the game and we're just going to make sure we, it goes in the way we want it to. So I'm going to watch this with, with some interest. Um, I doubt it. Yeah, I well, doubt it's a game breaker or it, anything. It's really funny because they were so adamant about no, 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 we're yep. not going to do that, and then they went completely the opposite direction when Diablo three first launched with their yeah, auction. Yeah, that went well, which was insane. It was like like way off the deep end for kind of overreaction to it, and now they've kind of seemed to have found their happy medium of we understand people want to buy gold, we want to we understand people in the game have gold and they want to get something, you know, and this is a a a good use of their money that they can now save real world money by using their in-game money i i think it'll work well and uh we'll see i'm sure they're gonna have to play around with the pricing some which is why they left it under their control they yeah can, uh, i i had see, really like, completely i'd forgotten about the great diablo 3 real money auction house experiment and in-game auction money house or auction house experiment because i didn't start playing diablo 3 until after that was patched out yeah. So I missed that whole air quotes experience, and I guess I'm kind of glad that I did. Um, but it looks idea. like they've learned from it and saying, okay, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Things, funny, funny thing how things evolve and change, and opinions can actually be changed when presented with, oh, you know, research and evidence. Right. Who'd have thunk <laughs> it? 
been spending too much too much time on the internet where I'm actually surprised when reasonable decisions are made. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, this. Oh God, please don't let tactical make a tactical tactical first person shooter. Then, yeah. yeah. Press button. Headshot. Receive medal. Okay, and done. And let us go to a break. Uh, have a little some what I have queued up here. Some double clicks. This is love you like a burrito because it's awesome. And when we return, we're going to take a, probably one big call uh, from the great and powerful and not heard from in a while, Boba Fetish, who wishes to speak unto us about all things new Star Wars. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he may have an opinion or two. There's been a lot of, lot of news coming out of the great uh, Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm Empire. Uh, Empire used there non-ironically, and we're going to sift through it together when we return. For now, enjoy some double clicks. We'll be back right after this. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. This is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. Suddenly, my microphone is very hot. And joining us 
from north of the wall, from where I was voyaging oh so recently, the one and only Boba Fetish. Welcome to the show. Hey, Gnome. Hey, Grail. How are you guys? Long time no talk. Long time indeed. Yeah. How are things in the Great White North? Uh, finally warming up. We're actually up to 58 degrees. And that's centigrade, right? Uh, no, that would be Fahrenheit. Oh, you're, you're converting it for, for us foreign, fuzzy foreign types. Thank you so much. <laughs> say, no that would problem. be awfully we're warm centigrade. We're up to centigrade. 58, so we're warm. It's like the ice is almost melting. So, Grail, do you, do you want to tell them the temperature in Arizona, or shall I? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, there's a word for you people, and I'm not allowed to say that on polite radio. Oh, uh, and this isn't, we do indeed, we strive for our, our family-friendly rating. Um, <laughs> however, you're going to start raging, or perhaps speaking in subtle and, and accepting tones about the Star Wars universe, so... Actually, actually, before I get into my Star Wars oh, rant... Oh, you have more. There's one story that I didn't have time to post for you guys. Hit me. And mm. that's the fact that Future Shop up here, which is our... Has always been our equivalent to your Best Buys. Yes. Has now shut down. And has been bought out in All large part by Best Buys. are Buy. now closed. Are, are many of them going and to be converted to Best Buys, I had read? All of them. All of them. Are to, they bought. They bought them entirely. Uh, well, essentially, Best Buy has owned them for years, but has let them run gotcha. on their own. So now they're shut down for future shops, and they're being rebranded, except in places where we had a Best Buy and a future shop in the same parking lots, <laughs> like Starbucks. You know. Yeah. So, so essentially, Future Shop is no more. Your, so your national mm. identity has just just taken another blow, and yep. is is being eroded by the evil corporate neighbor to the south. Exactly. Uh, on behalf <laughs> of of corporate America, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, well, it's bad enough we lost ro- ro- Radio Shack. So hey, we all I lost know. Radio Shack. That just that wasn't just Canada. <laughs> <laughs> What's one more? Yeah, Come just, on. <laughs> just stab me again. I mean, I still have one hit point left. Left. I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> ah. So that was that was the big news that happened yesterday because literally they put signs up on the door. Yeah, very little warning and about literally this. Literally, I was going out yesterday and part of my intent was to hit Future Shop. And there was a sign on the door that says, yeah, we're closed for now. <laughs> We shall return more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Exactly. Mm, a moment of silence for the passing of Future Shop. I always enjoyed running into those when I was living up in uh, Washington State. Living in the future. But any, any, anywho, do you want my Star Wars rant? Well, you really want my Star Wars I'm rant? I'm curious as to which... There's been so damn much news coming out of that sector lately. I'm wondering which bit has set Boba off. So enlighten us. Okay, the the bit which set me off originally, which is when I originally tweeted you a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, is that the title of the first standalone movie has ah, been announced. Yes. I kind of thought it might be this. <laughs> and the first title is Rogue One. Yeah. And trust me, at least half of my Twitter suddenly blew up about Rogue One mm-hmm. being all about Luke Skywalker. 
Which, that is a natural assumption you would make based on the title, because, hey, who was leader of Rogue Squadron? Luke For a Sc- brief time in between two movies. Right. <laughs> and it just, it no, it doesn't mesh. No. It's, Cause, it's cause, like it's not going to be, it, maybe if we're lucky, it's going to be an X-Wing movie. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, maybe I, we'll I, get that ultimate Starfighter movie that we always wanted. See, my brain went to Wedge Antilles because when you say Rogue yeah. Squadron, I think Wedge. Yes, that's where my brain is going to as well. Because you have a proper Star Wars brain and you know whereof you speak. Okay, so. (laughs) Exactly. And it's not Luke. And what's disappointing is that it's not a Boba film. No, everyone was hoping that one of the first ones, because they they had been dropped heavy hints that there would be, air quotes, bounty hunter-centric films, end air quotes, um, which I would assume would mean, oh, hey, I mean, we're going to see Boba Fett, and why would they? Why wouldn't they say Boba Fett? Why would they say bounty hunters? Um, I would have, I would have been happy, Gnome, with any bounty hunter movie. I would have been over the moon with a Boba Fett one. Of course, duh, <laughs> duh. But it's the fact that it's such a right angle, and then everybody assumes it's a Luke Skywalker film. Yeah. It's like the great, no the great people. unwashed do not understand these things. Um, yeah, the fact that they are proceeding with the standalone films fills me with nerd joy. That they trust the audience enough that we will turn out in sufficient numbers to make it worthwhile. That they're willing to give us one act stories in the Star Wars universe, and it doesn't have to be the you know, the main through line of Han, Leia, Chewie, and the droids all the time. Either they're, either they're right. ancestors or their descendants, which is what we're getting in the main movies. But they say, yeah, but the acknowledgement of the extended universe of, but there's all this other fun crap we could be talking about. When they first announced the standalone movies, I was like, yes, someone in charge gets it. The quality is they turn around and cancel the entire extended universe. I I makes you makes you wonder where the hell they intend to take it. It doesn't make me wonder because the extended universe by the time Disney came on the scene, you have to admit it's a hot mess. There have been so many fingers in that pot, in that pie, that you know things uh, frickin' hut Jedi, okay? No, 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 no. I agree, but you realize this means we lose out on one thing. That means no God friggin' Thrawn in the universe. I know the baby went out with the bathwater. <laughs> However, yeah. Go ahead, Grail. Well, I think, I mean, again, they, they didn't say, like, we're throwing it all out and we will never touch anything in there. They basically said, we're going to throw it all out and we're going to pick and choose what we think fits. And I think they would be insane if they didn't choose Thrawn at some point. That to, is to that is where my out. hope lies, is that is, is that that is their plan, is to say, clean slate, and then we will put player, we'll put pieces back on the board the way we want them arranged. Right. I hope and so. I mean, I think you'll, you still, I mean, Mara Jade, I believe, is already confirmed for episode seven, right? 
or is she uh, not? She's heavily I speculated. I don't know about confirmed. Yet. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, that's another EU creation that uh, would be interesting if they bring in. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a loved character for folks that are aware of the EU. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think I'm going to hold out optimism right now that there's a good reason why they did it and they're going to pick the best parts of it. And if they do actually make this Rogue One movie about Rogue Squadron with Wedge, I mean, that was something where I first read about it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be dumb. And as soon as they started reading it, I was like, oh my God, these guys are awesome. <laughs> so I, I hope they can bring that level of uh, interest to it. And like you said, it doesn't, like every Star Wars story does not have to be about Jedi and Sith. Like, there's a lot of other stuff going on out there, and I hope they get oh, to yeah. touch on some Lots of that. Lots of other storylines. Well, recent yeah. news. They had a book on Star Wars Rebels, which is the current animated series. Have you been following that, Boba? Of course I have. I'm waiting for the DVDs just to, so I can watch it commercial-free. How was it? I did not. I know the big reveal at the end of the character everyone wanted happened. Like, duh. Um, um, but I, I liked it, but I classified that as part of my EU in a way, okay, because it's extended universe, and I tied that back into my Star Wars Clone Wars. See, so but they, they, they've already come out and said that, that Clone universe. Wars is part of the new canon. Um, yeah. The and Rebels is part of the new canon as well. Well, they just in, in the book that they just released there is a chart that is a graphical representation of what the new star wars canon is and interestingly it includes in the list the upcoming battlefront game as part of the specifically lists the game as part of the canon so it makes people wonder what's going to be revealed in that game that made them go out of their way to list it here and that just makes me want to buy the game now <laughs> of course it does and there thus their evil plan is revealed <laughs> Um, so the, the big things that they've, that I've seen, I haven't had a chance to watch being, being a cord cutter. I don't have access to rebels directly. I'm waiting for it to hit streaming, in which case I will binge watch the hell out of it the same way I did clone wars. But the introduction of the Sith inquisitor was achieved in rebels. Is that correct? Yeah. She showed up in rebels. I need to actually follow up on a lot of that because I can't get other than watching it on Discovery or um, Disney TV, sorry, I can't actually get a legal copy. Because hmm, you're north of the wall. Yeah. Mm. So I've I've caught some episodes. I'm not up on it 100%. I want to be. <laughs> Dear God, Google Play Store, please get me Google. Get me the Rebels Rebel Show. Bring it. To <laughs> That's me. all I ask. I know they're listening. Of course they are. Um, but yeah, it's the Inquisitor. The entire show is supposed to be based around the Inquisitor. Right. And there have been indications that in Episode 7, there is a character that is at least referred to as Inquisitor. Whether it's the same character or a, a member of that class, people do not know. Because they've done a pretty darn good job of keeping the script under wraps so far. Yeah, very, very good. Because... Considering my who I follow on Twitter, like I follow half a dozen actors that are all named within episode seven, mm -hmm. and nobody has released anything. 
The other interesting for thing for an actual diehard fact. Yeah. The other interesting thing on that chart with the uh, Rebels book was the inclusion of the upcoming A New Dawn as one of the first new novels in the new uh, canon. It's a Rebels book, um, or at least uses many of the characters from uh, the Rebels series. So they're beginning to gear up the uh, literary side of the new Disney-controlled Lucasfilm, saying, okay, let's lay down the law, and here are the stories we want you guys to pay attention to going forward. Um, so is Rogue One, is that the only standalone we have a title for? Because I know they've got that's three, the three on the burner. That's the name for the... F- for the first movie, and that's scheduled to come out 2016. Okay, so that's not all that far off. Dang. Mind you, they are also, I've heard a lot of rumors. The only fact I know of is that puts a downside to Rogue One is that um, John Williams yep. is not going to do the music score. He's getting on there in years. Yeah. Yeah, but he's doing episode <laughs> wow. seven. Yes. As a last hurrah, he's doing I think. Seven, which is a good thing. And he's doing a couple other movies, but he just has no time in his schedule to do Rogue One. He's a he's kind of an in-demand property in Hollywood. Um, yeah, a little, little bit. Um, they, I don't know. Yeah, get Hans Zimmer or somebody on board to to do their version of his. I mean, if you look at the composers they got to do Clone Wars and the Clone Wars TV series. I think they did a spectacular job maintaining the spirit of John Williams. Oh yes, but definitely. giving the giving it a distinctive, you know, its own theme, giving Clone Wars its own recognizable theme that was clearly a riff on the original Star Wars, but was its own thing. But even the incidental music during the episodes, if you hadn't told me it was a different composer, I'd say, "Oh, that sounds a lot like John's Will- John Williams. It sounds like you know Star Wars stuff." Um, so they they're definitely talented people. They can get who will maintain the spirit and the feel of, of Williams throughout, I think. Yeah, I, I'm all behind that. I'm just sorry to see that it's not John Williams himself doing it, mm-hmm. which is sort of depressing. The so just because we're getting old being, and we're losing people. <laughs> the upside being is that the director behind this movie is the one behind uh, Godzilla. Gareth Edwards. Yes. And say what you will about... Godzilla, and it's, what, nine minutes of on-screen monster time or whatever? <laughs> I enjoyed the crap out of that movie. And I don't... I, and when I read criticisms of it, I internally am nodding and agreeing. It's like, that's a valid criticism. That's a valid criticism. Yes, that, that was definitely a weak point of the film. And I still enjoyed the crap out of that movie. So... <laughs> Which is more important, a, a critical breakdown of you know on-screen time and you know how how paper cut out you know was the wife character or what was the dumb motivation of the uh, military and you know slapping nukes on a train and trundling them you know through the wilderness with the radio radiation sniffing mutos? Who knows? I didn't notice yeah, I'm, any of that. In I'm my, all behind you on that one. It's yeah. Like- Give me a good movie. I'm behind you. Entertain me. You successfully had me switch off that critical part of my brain that paid attention to any of that crap. And I watched frickin' the CG version of Big Man in Rubber Suit Rampage through San Francisco, and I was happy. Yeah. (laughs) 
And my my fear is still JJ. I'm sorry. It's been a year now. Ooh. I've seen a bunch of shots. My fear is still JJ. Yep. That could go a lot of different directions. Um, and that's another one where I sit down and I read criticisms of the 2009 Star Trek film. And I say, yep, you're absolutely right. Yep. It's the, it's the iPod bridge. Um, it's lens flare, lens flare. Oh, my God, the lens flare. And yet I was entertained. Yeah. But he did, he did put a lot of dents in that rental. Um, he, he brought, it be- he brought the, the Trek franchise back needing some body work. So oh, yeah. your concerns are founded. And I'm wondering <laughs> if, if Star Wars fans will be less forgiving than Trek fans. And that's saying a lot. And that, like you say, that's saying a hell of a lot. It's from my corner of the universe. It's like that's saying a lot because I follow a bunch of diehard Star Wars fans, and we're all into the collectibles. We're all into everything about Star Wars, and we're all into the fact that they made a Millennium Falcon's. Full-scale Millennium Falcon, a full-scale X-Wing. Yep. Practical so effects, JJ baby. JJ behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. It's like these, yeah. these two things, really, you go, I mean, so it sounds good. You know, big practical effects, the used universe, the lived-in universe that we came to love from A New Hope. Um, <coughs> that you, you place where you believed people were living and life was going on because it looked like the world, just in space um and yet jj you are my brain does the exact same thing yours does yours just keeps coming back to but it's jj it's abrams i ha now the possible silver lining is he's doing the one so if he's yes if he screws things up he sets some precedents and he will put some story elements in place that others may have to deal with um but he's it's not like he's signed on to do the trilogy um so episode eight will be eight will be ryan johnson i believe or rian johnson yeah i think he's got i think he's got eight uh, number nine was uh announced for the director producer but i forget who it is but it was not abrams so abrams is going to be a one and done here so yeah yeah I, i get see this is really close to home for me in my nerd fandom. Uh, I can tell just because I'm I'm getting worked up thinking about it and talking about it way more than a 44-year-old dude should. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you pop. Yeah. But still, it's Star Wars, man. (laughs) Exactly. Grail, you're you're usually pretty level-headed and laid back about these things I, I, i've never really gauged how much of a star wars fan you are where do you sit oh i'm Come definitely on, i mean talk I'm us down. much more i'm much more into star wars than i am to star trek uh but i uh i have such lucas fatigue that right <laughs> now you could tell me you know the a rabbit was directing it and i'd be okay with it um so i think abrams is going to bring 
a, a tone to it that is needed because Lucas got really full of him being the grand storyteller, even though his story was like as bare bones as you could make it. I remember they fell in love. Yeah, it just it. He did a really bad job, I thought, with the prequels. That I think even if Abrams comes in and it's a total fluff job, like you know Star Trek kind of was, mm-hmm. uh, it's still going to be fun. And that's really what I'm looking for right now. Is like we need to get Star Wars back into the fun mode and like make it that. And then hopefully the next director come come in and really do like an Empire Strikes Back job on the on Episode Eight and get it like hardcore and get all the fans really super enthused about where they're going. But I think right now you just need something diametrically opposite from Lucas, and that's what Abrams is going to bring to the table. So, so you heard I'm it here. You that. heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Grail thinks that the Star Wars franchise needs a fluffer. Yeah, these these little fluffiness, and you know, from why do I rate with you people? <laughs> <laughs> and then it will finish. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's I. I think overall we're we're in good hands. And I mean, if anything, you know, Abrams is like probably salivating on on actual, you know, spaceship combat, yes. which has been so severely lacking for such a long time that I'm really really excited for that. Yeah. From the IRC missing number, the Star Wars message boards never have you seen a more wretched hive of facts and nitpicking. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> troll or troll not there is no try from hando uh, ah yeah. yeah and but we have the other opinion from the rc from true is jj killed star trek for me that is absolutely a valid reaction to the movies he has produced um i, I cannot criticize you for coming away you know if you went in as, as a fan of what had gone before this was a departure from what had gone before so i, I don't fault oh, anyone yeah. who who dislikes i don't it was, because i liked them does not mean I think everyone should like them. There are absolutely, totally valid reasons to pretend that the new Star Trek films did not uh, happen. The same way we did when the prequels came along and said, yeah, I'm going to pretend I never saw that. Because And, yeah, I, and, uh, and I, as, a side so note to the, as a side note to that, guys, um, for those of you who don't have a DVD version of the original yes. uh, theatrical releases, Disney has announced that they're going to release those on That's DVDs. Good. About damn time. time. And I'm wondering, did they like dart Lucas and like put him in a, an, an induced coma for the week that they made that announcement or pay him or something? <laughs> or maybe just there when they bought the rights to it, they bought everything, and, and Lucas truly no longer has any say. I mean, this this tells Lucas, me true, Lucas has no say. Lucas, true, true, true to everything I've seen, Lucas no longer has any say. And this the this says that more loudly than anything. Over is his ILM Studios, which right. is these soundboards and um, that sort of thing. Um, but the actual rights to Star Wars, that's all Disney except for Episode 4, which is still under control of Fox. Right, and I'm wondering what kind of a deal had to be made for that one, because they, they have Fox, wisely in, in hindsight, had signed up a deal that says that in perpetuity, they have the rights to distribution of Star Wars, the original movie. So right. I'm assuming they're getting I a think, huge cut of this. 
Uh, the, I think oh, the shit. actual original rights expires in 2020. Hmm. I could be wrong. I remember reading. I, 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 remember, I read an article that said it was in perpetuity, but I don't know what their source yeah, was. Yeah, and I could be wrong on the 2020 expiry date. It's but they're still they're like releasing this before 2020, so a deal a deal has been struck. Yeah. So all I'm all I'm surprised I'm, uh, Fox didn't go to Disney though. Like, oh really? In humans, huh? Oh, okay. Well, uh, you don't get to include episode four in anything then. Uh huh. <laughs> like, you want to play games with us? Fine. We're uh, game on then. Let me just and, torpedo and your like, other just, franchise. Just go. Doesn't and what Disney doesn't do is a smackdown and say, yeah, we're Disney and yeah, you're Fox. Uh, how about we buy you? Yeah. How much? How much for you know just the movie studio and not the TV? Okay, we'll buy the whole thing then. Fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, like you said, if, if Fox is willing to spat with them over Fox, Marvel, right? Then, <laughs> then they're willing to to go to town. I think in general. So, I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure the amount of money they're paying in royalties for Fox is probably gone up a little mm-hmm. for the, the use of Episode Four because of uh the way they're handling the marvel side of the house what i'm also also, that's interesting how intertwined those companies are well just look at the 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 hollywood movie and television world we're looking at now compared to what we would talk about on this show three years ago i mean would we ever envisioned number one you know marvel being owned by disney and marvel being this juggernaut that they are and sony and disney marvel working out a deal for Spider-Man to come home, and you know, which is now that you know that's a historical fact that that totally happened. We, that was not a fever oh, yeah. dream. Um, Fox somehow signing on with Disney Marvel to or with Disney to let them release Episode Four. I'm also curious what they're going to use, what prints they're going to use as the source, because George did a, a pretty maniacal search and destroy mission on all the prints he could find of the unspecial edition. Episode fours, oh, yeah. fives, and sixes. So um, I'd be curious to see if they'll ever reveal you know, where they found a pristine print that they could do a good digital transfer on, or if it'll be a crappy transfer, which I'm hoping is not the case. Eh, he may, he, George may have kept some in his vaults and had to turn them over when he got paid, you know, Minecraft uh, money for the Enterprise. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I totally uh, set fire to those by accident. So uh, yeah, look yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, and and can, can can you get me some injections to make my neck smaller? Because it's 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 outside my shirt now. Uh, and, as, and and as bad as it is, I would honestly love an actual good copy, DVD quality or Blu-ray quality of the Xmas special. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the worst thing in the Star Wars universe. Yes, but honestly, I would love. A copy of that on Blu-ray or DVD. I think shitty VHS transfer is all you're getting on that one, Boba. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the market VHS. of five people that want that <laughs> is probably not going to convince them. Well, no, the, the completionist <laughs> the collectors VHS out there. Transfer, I already own. Yeah. Um, no, the, there's there's completionist collectors out there that salivate over you know getting a good transfer of that just just to say I have everything Star Wars, even yeah. the Christmas special. Okay, I'm one of those geeks, all right. Mm, I, duh. <laughs> That's why we love you, uh, <laughs> because you celebrate Life Day. But anyway, um, yeah, I just remember the scene with the. 
the mother Wookiee watching the cooking show. Am I remembering this correctly? Uh, probably. The, I'm like all the, the thinking four, about the, the four-armed alien giving the B. Arthur. And oh yes, it, flappy arms. Oh god, yes, it was. It was B. Arthur. Oh god, I thought that was a bad dream. Nope, it was totally part of that episode. <laughs> they they did the full love boat treatment on that, didn't they? Oh god. Oh yes. And Carrie Fisher and totally sang a song, right? Yep. And as a throwback to your uh, flash segment earlier in the show, mm-hmm. in two weeks, I expect you guys to be talking about Mark Hamill, okay? Yeah, I see that coming on the horizon. Uh, the I'm curious. That show, that show aired this week, and it's a throwback to his original 90s. Do they actually Christmas. tie it in, or did they just make nods to it? No, it's an actual tie-in. It's the same character. How Mark could that Hamilton be though? Because do they are they saying that there was another Flash and it happened to look a lot like his dad or what? I I I don't know. I haven't watched the episode yet. All okay. I know is that Mark Hamill said this is a rebirth of this same character. All righty. So I mean, for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, in the '90s version of the Flash, the um, trickster was played by Mark yes. Hamill. In what can only be described as a bad acid trip design of a costume, um, they tried to be really, really um, accurate to the comic book version. And that no, you don't want to go for for accurate when you're doing something like that, because uh, damn. Um, so apparently he's he's playing an, an aging version of a trickster-like character who's passing the torch to a new version or something. I don't know. But it's another, yet another attempt for the current crew to incorporate actors and characters from that other previous attempt at a Flash series. And uh, it's great for Easter egg hunters like us. Um, and Hamill, every time I've seen him in, in various roles, he's always been entertaining, even as uh, Cockknocker in uh, Chan Silent Bob Fight Back. I was entertained by him. Um, <laughs> yep. Why did I call you? It's a, it's a funny story. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll be talking about that in two weeks on the show because we'll be just be watching it this week and then we'll wait for the Gilligan period to expire. Um, yeah, I've been watching the social media and the various articles on that with interest to see what exactly the heck they have planned there because, damn. Yeah, from what I've followed, it's essentially the same character but older. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to watch the show to find out how they pull that off. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Hopefully in a very positive way of, hey, how about that Mark Hamill episode? Wasn't that awesome? Uh, <laughs> instead of, oh, damn, Mark Hamill. Jeez. <laughs> You've not aged well. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's fresh off of training up. Because uh, on social media he was showing you know his getting in shape routine um, in preparation for episode seven, uh, including uh, his Ben Kenobi old man beard. Um, so he may not be maximum. Oh my God, you look old, Mark Hamill. Maybe you're old, but you're in great shape, Mark Hamill. So now is the time to film this. We shall see. We I'm, shall see. I'm trying to bring. Uh, and just. A- one side note, mm-hmm. just as my uh, geek geek note of the week, I actually got a reply from Carrie Fisher. Really? Nice. Yes. You are internet famous. 
And not just on our part of the internet. Okay, so I sneakily brought Barry Von Awesome onto the call. So, Barry VA, uh, tell us all why okay, we're wrong. Okay, what did I do wrong, Barry? Oh, duh. Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> Begin here, because we only have three minutes left. Run with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, you caught me at a bad time there. I was already thinking, oh, they're not going to call me this week. And I took my headphones off, <laughs> pushed my mic aside, and was just like sitting back and relaxing and... But listening to you guys geek out over Star Wars. You are not prepared. Uh, I'm excited about uh, Rian Johnson, the guy who's going to direct episode uh, eight. He's a really good director. I've liked all of his movies. What has he done? I haven't had a chance to research him. Uh, The one you would probably be most familiar with was the crazy uh, Bruce Willis time travel movie Looper that came Ah. out a couple years ago. Yeah, that one actually uh, did time travel in a way that the the mass audience could, could follow it. That's no small undertaking. Yeah, it's a dope, dope movie. Uh, and then he did a couple other kind of smaller indie films before that uh, that are pretty good. Uh, coincidentally, they both also have um, – oh, no, they weren't really the, – the, the Brick was the first one, which also had uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, who was also in Looper. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the middle one was um, – oh, gosh. It had uh, the guy who played Hulk in Avengers and oh, Adrian Mark Brody. Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody, and they were like con artists. I think it was called The Brothers Bloom. Yes, I have a vague memory of that one. Yeah, it, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard good things. It was w- really well written. But yeah, he's he's an interesting director. Okay, there's. I'm hope. excited to see that movie. First, we have to get well, through JJ. I'm not worried about that. It'll be fine. God, I hope so. I, you know what? Though uh, I've been hurt you before. Star Wars people. You're you're talking to the guy that doesn't hate the uh, the prequels. I think they're great movies. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I mean, they're not great movies. No, you know they've got problems and everything, but I don't hate them. Uh, I, it's more it's more Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I watch them. And Barry, you're now on the top of my list. Thank you. Mm. I'll tell you where he lives. <laughs> no, I understand. Like I said, was saying earlier, I totally understand those people who did walk away from Star Trek because of J.J., and I absolutely understand people like you who do not hate the prequels. I also don't hate them. I have a real hard time respecting them. Um, they're just not I'm, good movies. I'm <laughs> with you there, uh, Noam. It's, uh, I don't hate them, but I don't res- respect them either. I will not respect you in the morning. All right, let's wrap this baby up because I got kids who are telling me there's a bee in the house, and apparently I need to go be the great bee hunter because dad. Oh, come on. They're kids. Come yeah. on. Let them entertain themselves. Oh, quick uh, aside. Did you see, uh, released on YouTube earlier this week, I believe, the anime-style uh, TIE Fighter um, fan oh, film? Yeah. God, how epic was that? We need more like that. Yeah, that was solid. That was somebody needs to give that man a job because yeah. damn, that was one person's effort, and it was so true to the Star Wars universe, and yet so in my growing up anime style happy place. I mean, it had like oh, mo- yeah. mobile suit Gundam stylings all over it, but in Tie Fighters, and it was from yep. and it was from the from the point of view of the empire which is so rarely represented in the star wars universe so it was the heroic squadron of tie bomber and tie interceptor and tie fighter pilots against the the evil rebel fleet of uh corellian corvettes and and x-wings and and i saw the occasional a-wing in there i think as well um it it was completely awesome 
Oh, it was epic. And not only that, but it took my favorite ship, the Star Destroyer. And once they got into firing position, you're like, oh, that's why they're the baddest thing in the sky. <laughs> yeah, and they actually <laughs> uh, yes. properly represented. They had the laser cannons doing one job and then the ion cannons doing another job. It's like, that's the Star Wars universe that I want to occupy because, yeah. yeah. And Sarathis and the RC, laser guns with recoil. But of course, of course, because... Reasons, okay? Reasons. Because it looks really cool on screen. Choom, choom, choom. (laughs) I don't know. I just work here. Laser laser cannons with visible bolts, okay? Um, And actually, I love the nods that they give to it in, like, Clone Wars, where they show, like, ammunition going into the particle weapons, implying Mm. that they're, like, lasing some kind of solid substrate and shooting them as bolts rather than beams. Right, giving them an excuse. Well, of course, it's not. It's not a laser gun. It's 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 a blaster, and a blaster is not a laser. You assume a blaster is a laser, but it totally isn't. It uses cartridges, and there is recoil because there's physics here. And shut up. We have it's our universe. Right. We'll, we'll write it the way we want. Move on. Damn, Skippy. All right, let's wrap it up. We have places you can find us on the interwebs. Uh, AlphaGeekRadio.com. Check out the new and improved all-purpose player player.alphageekmedia.com on any device. So phone, tablet, computer, you name it, it will scale an appropriately sized player for all the video players and audio players on the network. If your screen is big enough, it'll also give you all the different IRC chat networks for all the different shows. Tinvec from uh, Chat Realm over at Diamond Club stepped up and wrote this for us. It is freaking awesome. And it will revolutionize the way you tune in on your mobile, on any device, really. So just player. And it's any of the networks. So it's player.alphageekmedia, player.alphageekradio, player.alphageekvideo. They all point to the same place now because it works on everything for everything. Thank you, Tinvec, for that. That was completely awesome. Email the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. On the tweeters, we are Alpha Geek Radio for the network, Hardcore Casuals for this show. I am on there as Gnomewise. He is on there as Izzy Grail. That's I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. The Barry Von Awesome is on there as Barry Von Awesome. And Boba Fetish is on there as Boba Fetish Wow, correct? That's correct. Nailed it. Uh, Join our subreddit. AlphaGeekRadio.reddit.com. Submit stories and ideas there. Vote them up. Vote them down. Give us, tell us what you want us to talk about on the show. You can listen via the TuneIn app on all manner of devices. Just go to TuneIn.com/get-tunein and they'll list everything in the world. So even if you're out in the world, there's no excuse for not listening live or just listening to the network whenever you want. Uh, you can go to TuneIn.AlphaGeekRadio.com for a list of everything. Um, we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I have been Gnomewise. And I've been Grail. We're throwing to you guys. Um, oh, the guy here first. Boba Fetish. And I've been Barry. Barry knows it's all, all about temporal orders. You were here first. You, you, he yielded the floor to you. you. You had seniority. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week. Until then, we are...
Bombadida, 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 bombadida